Plug in your cassette player. It's time for Rec Play, the real creator talk show. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to this uh, Rec Online lounge party. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much, Patrick, for being here, and also Jake and everyone. Uh, so today, um, the panel is about the value of community building for brands. And uh, I'm mode on the go, mode. <laughs> and uh, I'll be the uh, panel moderator for tonight. And what I do, I'm a content creator and also a podcaster. And uh, so today we'll, uh, we will be sharing. So it's a conversation. So really important, guys. We're going to be starting up the conversation with Jake. But anytime, feel free to jump in. Um, so Jake, who are you? Jake is the, OK, I had to go on LinkedIn for that. <laughs> You're the chief rover officer at Midday Squares and the resident social personal. <laughs> and uh, you build relationships basically and make noise. You spread awareness around the, bra the, the, the brand. So really happy to have you here today because I know Midday Square, you've been uh, using a lot of, uh, you've been working a lot with your community. You're being uh, spreading a lot of awareness around your with your community. So I don't know if you want to start off introducing Midday Square a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for that intro. Love it. Um, thanks, Patrick, for having um, you know Midday Squares on this and Mode. I appreciate you moderating and everyone that's here. Uh, midday squares is basically what we did was we took a chocolate bar and we took a protein bar and we kind of made a baby between the two. Sorry for the graphic, but you know, we eliminated all the artificial stuff that's in protein bars and you know, took everything that was good about it and added it to a real chocolate bar and used only real ingredients. The beauty about it is that, you know, we're one of the only manufacturers in the space. You know, we, we actually do everything in house from A to Z, from when it's made from raw ingredients to the bar to shipping and picking and packing and getting it out. Something special about the brand, I think that's really relevant, you know, during this time is um, community is everything. You can't just have a product in today's world. It is actually impossible to win, at least in the food and beverage space is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, if you don't have that community connection that, um, you know, we try to build every single minute of the day, actually, it's too hard. It's too, there's too many competitors that there's, there's too many conglomerates that are, that are just going to eat away your market share. They have the capital to do it. Um, they'll buy up the shelf space. They'll buy up events. They'll do anything they can to um, eliminate that community thing. The good thing about a conglomerate in a small company like ours is a conglomerate has a bureaucracy, so it's harder for them to get things done fast because um, they have so many different levels to pass. Somewhere like us is we adapt very quickly, and even during this corona time, we took a 180 and actually flipped our business the opposite and turned into more of a digital um, rather than a retail business. And that's something interesting um, has to do with a strong community because that strong community ended up coming even stronger um, during our time right now, during this pandemic. Um, so yeah, anyone else has any questions about Midday Squares, you can get obviously in more into detail about the product and stuff. But I think today we'll talk about community because that's what's most important. Definitely. And I want you to tell us more about that crew love because that's something when we go on your, your, your Instagram, I think what, one story on two, it's always about crew love. So what is it exactly? <laughs> so we, all we did basically was, you know, instead of calling our community community, we, we decided to put a name where, you know, crew, because it's a crew of people, and then it's all about love. So it's like all about positivity, sharing that love. And, you know, without them, without our community, we don't go, we don't get anywhere where we want to get. We don't hit our goals because at the end of the day, our crew love, our community has actually done wonders for us. They've gotten us into the biggest retailers across Canada. They've actually stomped on the head office's doors and said, can you get this product in? So they've done the work for us. Now, the way to keep a community and actually grow the community is to actually show real love 
to it. So, you know, it's not like, you know, you just do a one-time thing for them and, and that's it, that's all. Yeah, you need to water your plant every single day and, 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 and it takes a lot of effort, you know, a lot of customer success. You know, you need to put your time and energy into it. You know, we text every single customer that orders from us online. We do it. We actually text each one and have a conversation with them about the experience, about what they have feedback on, the questions, concerns. You know, bars are melting right now because of the heat wave, because, you know, chocolate, you know, and we don't use preservatives. We still ship it and they've been melting. And we actually took about a $17,000 loss in the last two weeks just by sending more product out just because it melted and we wanted to actually give the customer the real experience. So, you know, being a startup, $17,000 is a lot of money. Um, but again, that adds to community because when you go out of your way to do something special and actually, you know, listen to your customers. And I'm talking, I hate calling them customers because it's not the right word. I, I'd rather call them friends of ours. When you listen to your friends, you learn, you know, you learn what they need, what they want and how you can mold it to them. So, you know, obviously during this time of, you know, at the end of the day, you can't physically be with people right now. Um, a lot of the time building our community, we do a lot of conferences, events, and take, you know, actually go out into the field and meet people. Um, right now, we're doing a lot more digital stuff. So we're doing a lot more storytelling about the behind the scenes of the business, showing basically, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between there. Because I believe that transparency allows people, allows allows cut friends of ours to see, um, a humanized brand and not just a robotic, you know, consumer product. Um, they allow, they allow you to get on the same page as us, which is kind of cool to have them part of the journey, you know? Mm -hmm. You're sharing the, the roller coaster of the industry because it's not true that it's always easy. And I know <laughs> we've been also able to see Leslie going through, uh, you know, her workout because she started to do a fitness journey. So that, that's really interesting too. So we really feel part of, uh, of uh, the roller coaster with you guys. <laughs> yeah, something, something about that is my sister, Leslie, she's talking about my sister, Leslie, who is my partner and my brother-in-law is my partner, which is her husband. So we're a family business, a, tri a tripod actually. And um, she decided, you know, her whole life, which is something cool that she shared with the community was her whole life. She was never able to wear a tank top because she was she felt insecure. She, she didn't feel good about herself. But when it came to business, she's the most confident person in the world. She knows how to execute, have the hard conversations. Me and my other partner, Nick, do not know how to do any of that. She's our CEO. And, um, you know, when it came to doing other things, she has no confidence. And she decided to share her story finally with our community and the support, I can't even explain you guys. Um, you know, I think we had 1700 messages since the time she shared that just for her about, you know, helping her out, telling them their stories that they have. And, you know, she actually had to um, pause on Instagram because there was so many inflow of messages that it was causing her anxiety because she had to get back to the answer and have full conversations. So we had a whole team deal with that because at the end of the day, you know, it's beautiful to see the support and it was overwhelming for her. Even the, the frontline workers were, were joining her community, her challenge that she did, all the Jewish General Hospital um, ER COVID team was actually joining it and actually made a video and, you know, people special made videos for her. And that's the power of community. It's not about the product and and, and you, ha you have to have a good product to succeed. I, you know, it's definitely a, a checkbox that you need to have. But if you don't have people that are willing to go out of their way for the brand you're not going to make it to that international level like you know we're trying to become the biggest chocolate snack in the game right now and obviously over time within the next 10 years but it takes it takes a community to get there you know to take on hershey's to take on one of those guys you know you're not going to do it by just having a good product that just sells you know once a while you need that crew to be there with you and actually want you to succeed with them you know
Definitely. I wanted to know, like, because you guys are getting better and bigger and bigger. And how do you keep that? Because, you know, doing personal notes and uh, creating that connection, like making sure that they get a personal notes, a personal touch. How do you scale that when you get bigger and bigger? So that's very difficult. So scalability while keeping things personal is one of the hardest questions we have every single day. And we actually have a, a brainstorm session once a week to fix that and how to scale it, right? So for the Polaroid, we actually send a picture uh, with every first order um, to, to allow people to see the humans behind the brand and not just make it about chocolate, but again, about humans. We love interaction. Humans need interaction. And as I know we could all see that now during this time when we're all separated, we need each other more than ever. So when we, we send those Polaroid messages, we write a nice personal message to them. The problem with that was originally my sister Nick and I were doing them. And then we had another person. And now we have about four people doing them every single night. My mother, who does it for free, um, one of our employees' mothers, and um, two people that help us in production. And, you know, it gets out of control. But I'm very strict with this because at the end of the day, I believe that the experience the consumer has to get is mm -hmm. they have to know more than just the product. They got to feel that there's love put into it, that there's actually care and, and passion. And, and not just, like I said, we're selling something. You know, our chocolate bar isn't cheap. Um, you know, it's a, it's a premium product and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we want people to know that we will go above and beyond. And the reason why we started the Polaroid at the beginning was to actually tell people on the message was, if you don't like it, we'll refund you. Like we wanted, we were confident in our product and we wanted people to know that we were confident and if they felt that it wasn't good for them, we were more than happy to refund it. But then it turned into a way to communicate. And we actually used to stalk our customers. I hate the word stalk, but we used to look up our, our our customers on Instagram and write something cute about it. So let's say they had a dog, we'd write, oh, say hi to your dog, Charlie, for us. But that got out of hand because when you're doing 10 orders a day, it's fine. When you're doing 100 orders a day, it's fine. But when you're doing 1,000 or whatever it is, it's too hard. You know, it's too, there's too much time and, you know, it, it's, it will hurt other sides of the business like the manufacturing or the product development or, you know, the scalability of distribution. Um, where you need cash to come in because you need to turn the lights on in the building and, you know, pay for pay your team, you know, because, you know, we're lucky during this COVID time, we didn't have to lay anyone off. And uh, we were very thankful and grateful for that. But it was a big decision to make at the beginning. And um, like I said, that's another thing, part of our community. We have our own community within our community at our business as well. Definitely. And Jake, I would be. I would be curious to know what are the different ways that you guys use to connect more with your community? Do you do contests? Do you do surveys? Do you do just to inspire maybe people that are listening? Yeah, so we, we text every customer. That's number one. So we have a conversation. Um, that gets really out of hand because it's a lot of time spent. It's about four hours a day. Um, okay. Someone's doing that for four hours every single day, seven days a week. Um, then another thing we do is we actually FaceTime a lot of our customers just randomly. Um, just out of the blue, just to check in and like, I don't care if it's two o'clock in the day and they're working, we stay, they get a call from us on Instagram and like, if they answer, we just, we just laugh, celebrate. Another example is a girl, a lady from um, Edmonton messaged us on Instagram yesterday or two days ago and asked, she says her birthday and she can't, can't wait to buy the product. And we said, don't buy the product. We're going to send you for your birthday. And we sent her a huge package, uh, a happy birthday package. And she was freaking out. But at that kind of stuff, um, allows for your community to build because people will then advocate. They'll be like, this brand actually cares. Like I said, it's all about care and passion. That's it. That's all. If you could show the care, passion and love and pass that on to the customer's experience, I promise you, they might not even like the product, but they'll come back for the story. They'll come back for the experience, you know? So that's something really important. I think businesses need to start doing and stop focusing on the revenue aspect 
and start focusing on how to make their experience with their customer number one. All right. I'm just checking the comments right now because I want to make sure storytelling is so powerful. I'm profoundly touched by her story. Virginia, thank you for sharing. That can be overwhelming. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Friends, crew, tribe, yeah. It's worth It's like, no, 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 no. Because I started a Facebook group a little over a year ago because I make DIY videos on YouTube. And uh, so I started a group for people that watch the videos to share pictures of their creations based on my videos. And it's been amazing. And the great thing about the Facebook group is that Facebook shares it. So it grows really, really, really quickly. And people love it because they want all people just want to be heard. Right. So they love to be able to see their work online, you know, and I share it on my YouTube channel in the community section and I share I make slideshows of their work and all this stuff. So it's all about building, building that community and and I think it's so I don't know if you guys use Facebook, but for me, Facebook has been a great way to, to connect. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely creating uh, like using different uh, in different medium like Facebook, Instagram. You know, I think something special about community is it's overused a lot of the time in, in, in businesses. And, and, and I'll tell you why I say that. And I, I say it with the utmost respect for a lot of businesses, but they, they tend to do it for the sake of doing it and not giving it the authenticity or realness factor that it, it needs. And I think a lot of the time, you know, you see, you see through that and it just makes it an unpleasant experience to be part of it, or you don't want to be part of this community because it's just not, it doesn't feel right. And I think that, something that we try to work on as much as possible is to take away the roboticness of business and the bureaucracy and the red tape. And like, you know, I could tell you how much time I've gone to trouble, you know, with, with buyers, um, really corporate buyers of different gro major grocery stores that we all shop out. I'm not going to name any names, but you know, I've gone in dancing, having the time of my life, blasting music, getting everyone riled up and mad. But at first they're shocked by it because they're like, what the hell is going on? Excuse my language. But then they're like, okay, this is fun. This is what this brand's about. This is who they are as people. This, they're not going to be someone else. They're being themselves. And they start to love it and get behind it. And once they're behind it, they convince the rest of that corporate, what I call corporate, let's just call it corporate Canada for now. Um, they, they start crossing that red tape. You know, we've gotten like even retailers like, you know, Whole Foods has given us a warning. You know, we've gotten the warnings from them because we, we've, we've engaged so much with our customers and our friends, let's just say. And... But at the end of the day, those friends are, are turning the numbers in the stores, which they've never seen those kind of numbers before, you know? So they're like, you know, brands like Hershey's are freaking out because we're out doing their numbers. But at the same time, we're getting into trouble at the store level because we're doing so many more humanized things rather than the way that the standard system process, societal ways of doing things is. And I think a lot of businesses are scared to cross that line. Um, and anyone that works with us, we're about 27 of us at Midday Squares, you know, the first thing they see on the wall when they come into our business is, a big neon sign that says, if it's not fuck yeah, then it's no. And that's the first culture shock that you're going to get. And we're very open people. It's like a family. And like I said, we have a huge wall in our office called the crew love wall, which is a signature wall where anyone that comes to visit, we do plant tours. We show people our, our manufacturing plant. They come and they come and sign a nice message. And when I'm feeling down every, when I'm feeling down, like, especially the other day, I actually just sat there and read all the messages and the power of words and, and realness to the words it could give you the energy like a, like a like a drug of life you know and i think that that's what real community is not you know what they call in business just oh let's build a community for the sake of doing it you know mm -hmm. definitely yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot of companies like you know I've, I've seen that as well you know like right now they're trying to hire someone to like start a community for them and stuff and then one thing one thing is to uh keep in mind is that starting a community 
doesn't happen, you know, in 24 hours. It's something that gets built up and that like, gets built up with time, you know. And uh, you know, even from day squares, you know, you guys had a, uh, you know, you started the crew love thing, you know, at least pretty much at almost at the beginning, but it still yeah. took some time to pick it up and getting people involved and getting people to to be part of the culture and 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 being, you know of this ecosystem uh, we have a nerdy crafter jackie as uh, saying one of her favorite documentaries is about the community the the, the toys called pop the to figure uh, i would love to learn more about that I, I don't know about their story but they, they seem to have a community behind them and and shannon here uh, she's saying you know one of the great things to do is also like to disrupt the market just like you guys did and that's something a lot of companies like you said they have too much bureaucracy and they're too afraid of doing it but yet they want it it's like they want it but they cannot take the steps to do it because of they don't they're, they're too afraid of the outcome the, the uncertainty of how they will be perceived they're scared and fear is what fear can drive success to a great extent you know like for example it could drive the success of you making a change in your business or your personal life for the better um it could just make you aware of something or it could it could diminish you in the sense of prevent you from doing greatness you know i always say you know you always got to get uncomfortable and and that's when greatness happens when you're comfortable doing that you'll see there's a whole other world um where where amazingness and greatness comes and a lot of the most successful leaders in the world you could see that they've done crazy wild things that we think is bananas at first but you know when you're reading their autobiographies you see like people will look at them like as weird or different or or, or what are they doing because you know you, we always say wherever the sheeps are going we go the opposite way and um, you know when, like when COVID hit, for a great example, we we dropped seventy five percent in retail sales. That could be detrimental to a business, right? Um, when you drop that kind of amount, when you have employees, you have rent, you have all this stuff, you know, serious bills. We had machines that came in, our full line of machinery came in, which was a crazy amount of money. We were scared of what to happen, so we feared. We had one day of full fear where we all went home, Nick, Leslie, and I. And the next day we came in and we said, we're doing a digital strategy. We're going to build a digital team out and we're going to use our, we're going to keep our community building strong at a faster speed. Next thing you know, the, the, the month later, we had our highest sales month ever um, in our business, even with the retail sales down. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, fear drove us, um, fear drove us to do something positive and something different and not scared us to not try and not take the risk. You know, we always say, go guns blazing. Don't play defense. Don't play not to win. Play to win always, you know, not to lose. Sorry, don't play not to lose. Play to win. Mm -hmm. Jackie says she would love to connect with you, and uh, as as she she finds that you guys have a lot of common business minds, and it's right. Jackie's um, she's a you know YouTuber and also a content creator and very very creative one, you know. And and I remember you know she even did a whole switch with the whole um, salty salty crafter thing when when the, when the, her community started um, acknowledging the other side. Of Jackie, which was really fun to see, and 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 now there's a whole series that kind of emerged from there. So, yeah, that's uh, it's always great to see. I love that you could you Patrick, you give her my information, all of my my email, my phone, whatever you know, and love to connect anyone that wants to, and anyone that wants to see our plant when this is all done, our manufacturing, how chocolate's made. Um, you guys are all more than welcome to come. Obviously, when COVID eases the restrictions, um, you know, we're more than happy to show you guys a little bit about how you know. We went. We started in a condo. Now we're in a fully automated processing manufacturing plant. So it's kind of cool, you know. I, I, yeah, we, I, I would say that the, we, we got to do the chocolate factory tour, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but Patrick, you got the new one, Patrick. The new one. Yeah, can't wait. Nice. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, Jake, can I ask you, uh, I have a quick question for you. Uh, this is uh, regarding like being transparent because this is something, uh, I don't know, not, not everyone is willing to share the, you know, the, the lows, lows. And I know it's, it's, it's a good way to uh, just being real with your, with, with your community. But what about uh, not being comfortable to do so? You know, is it, were you guys comfortable to do it from, like from the bottom, like from the, from the start? Or it's something that you, with time, you, uh, you worked on? So great question, by the way. So at first when we started, I was the only one that was comfortable um, being on camera. Leslie and Nick were really uncomfortable, didn't want to do it. And I said, when I joined, it's the only way I'll, I'll stay in this business. This is in August, 2018. I said, is we're going to document everything and anything on the table is open for sharing. I don't care if you guys are having marriage problems, we're going to share it because that's the truth of business and people should be able to see that nothing's perfect. Yeah, we have, you know, revenue goes up and all this greatness of milestones and blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't come, that comes with a huge amount of baggage that happens. And, you know, they were hesitant at first because it's their personal life and it's my personal life. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we have 17,500 videos saved on our Google Drive of this journey so one day we can make a documentary fully about you know whatever happens if we make it or we don't um hopefully making it um but um you know at first it took my sister she told me she was uncomfortable with how how she looked on camera and it really hurt her and i couldn't understand that so it took her about a month and then nick was about four or five weeks six weeks and then they were flowing like snap of a finger it becomes a natural thing once you consistently do it but you have to get uncomfortable right it's uncomfortable it's cringe and um, it's like anything. It's like something you're not really good at. You know, you could become good at it. It just takes practice. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. No, I, I really love that. And it's, as you said, it's, it's being uncomfortable at first and after that become natural. It's just sometimes you feel when you have to film yourself, <laughs> you're not oh. really. So if you have to do business at the same time, you have to do your day-to-day -day task. You, you need a, like somebody, a filmmaker or someone. <laughs> um, you know, we, we once put up something that wasn't supposed to go up um by mistake and things like that happen too right so when when you're so transparent and, and and sometimes you do cross a certain line that you know is a bit edgy and you know we have a board of directors in our company you know different private investors and they're very they're more corporate side of of life and they saw something and they they, they were a bit they were they, they weren't mad but they were just like they were unsure of why we were doing it but then when you explain the reason why Mm -hmm. You know, it's a different story. And again, Midday Squares shows everything. It's uncensored. It's raw. It's unfiltered. It's the journey of entrepreneurship. But it's we're using a pro product of chocolate, a, cho a healthy chocolate bar to get there. Right. And, you know, I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs come to our office or we meet on Zoom and, you know, we chat and we shoot the shit all the time just to help. And a lot of them try to do the similar style of marketing. And we tell them that's not the way to do it. I'm not saying to show everything, but I'm saying to be yourself. And that's when you're your best is when you're yourself. And I always go, I always preach this just because you will be a hundred percent when you are yourself. But the second you start changing, you're going to decrease that a hundred percent to a different percentage. And if you're not above 85% of, of yourself every single day, you ought to be ashamed of yourself just because you're changing for certain things. And you know, some of them might get you into trouble, but I'm telling you the best results come when you're yourself because that's when you're your best ability to be, you know, the greatest of you, you know? So Definitely. And we have a, we just have a question here from uh, Shannon. She says, uh, how did you make your first sale? Did you start only online? Yeah, great question. So we used to sell a sample 
um, for 25 cents. So we, the only reason why we did it was we wanted people to try the chocolate. We were losing a ton of money on it because we had to ship it for, it was all, all nothing was optimized. And um, we were doing about seven orders a day in August. I say August 4th, 2018. And um, it was just because of an Instagram post. A friend wanted to support us, put down their credit card because that means commitment. And they bought the square. And then our first retailer came on board end of August, 2018. It was our bagel shop, a friend of ours who had, his name's Jeremy, shout out to Jeremy. But he actually, he felt kind of like he had to support us, like, you know, because of a personal network and just wanted to give us a chance. And from there, it was history. But, you know, at the end of the day, we used to make the product for 25 cents. It didn't cost us that. It cost us way more than that. But we just wanted people to try it and commit to wanting to try, not just a free sample for the sake of a sample. Um, and, and that was the first customer. I, I probably get you the name. I just can't remember it off by heart. I should. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, was pay, that was day one, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and I never thought, listen, I, I was always pessimistic at the, at the beginning in the sense of how many, I thought we weren't going to be able to make this because of the, how saturated the industry was. But again, when you build a community, it pushes you beyond your expectations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was other part of that question. What made you want to create a healthy chocolate bar? So what's the, 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 the story behind it? So very simple. So a lot of people get cravings for chocolate um, in the afternoon. And Nick, my partner, was addicted to chocolate, still is. Um, but he would get, he started eating a ton of unhealthy chocolate when he was at his software company um, before. And he gained a lot of weight, not, not anything wrong with that. But he started losing like energy, he was getting tired. And my sister was always researching um, superfoods and different cool ingredients from around the world. And then they couldn't find a chocolate bar that had the functions of filling you up, but also giving you the right ingredients um, and not making you tired and all this stuff and not just being chocolate for the sake of chocolate, but get more value out of it. And so they made the baby of the protein bar and the chocolate bar. And then it ended up being a snack, which Miguel helped us create, Miguel Food Science. And what they did was they wanted to satisfy people's cravings midday, but then also carry them over to that you know 6 p.m. dinner or that 6 p.m. workout. So it became a functional snack, not just a chocolate snack. It's a 90% dark chocolate bar, by the way. For anyone that hasn't tried it, it's just dark, dark chocolate. Um, and yeah, that was the real reason. Is it, No one was tackling the afternoon space with real ingredients and real chocolate. Everyone was after the protein gym workouts or the morning oats and you know granola oats and all that kind of stuff. No one was after real chocolate and function to it. Okay. Thank you so much, Jake. <laughs> it was really interesting. Thanks to everyone for being here. For being here for to uh, you know to learn about community and how to create a strong community. Uh, thanks also to uh, Patrick for letting me doing this first English panel. <laughs> uh, as you can tell with my exotic accent. Thank you, Mo. Thank you, Patrick. I really appreciate it. If anyone else has any more questions about community or anything about entrepreneurship or anything, more than happy to answer it. Um, Patrick can give you my contact. Um, you know. One day you guys come see the plant and come hang out just like Patrick has done in the past. And um, yeah, I appreciate you guys even listening and asking your questions. It, it means a lot. Um, take care, guys. Patrick, thank you so much. Pat, thank we you, should thank you. organize a, a visit <laughs> with yeah. the yeah. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> after, after, this co this co after the restriction. Yes, yeah. for sure. Thank you, Jake. Bye-bye. Did you enjoy this episode? Join us for weekly conversations, share your stories and tips with us, and meet amazing people. Most of our podcasts are recorded with a live, engaging audience. 
For more information, visit www.creatorhq.org.